Welcome back to another Messy Mom Bun Monday. How's it going, mommies? You know, I'm hoping that you have all had a fabulous week and that you're starting out your Monday right by just loving the fact that you made it to another Monday. <laughs> I tell you what, um, things have been very crazy lately on my end. I just went to Oregon and I'm still in Oregon actually right now. I didn't even know what I was going to record my podcast on because I did not, I totally slipped my mind that all my equipment is at my house. So, um, in Idaho. So that's, that's pretty funny that, uh, I am just kind of flying by the seat of my pants today, but you know what? That's what Mondays are for and that's fine. So everybody get your buns wrapped up and on top of those beautiful heads of yours and let's get to working. You know what? I poured myself a nice mimosa this morning and I made sure that I am in beautiful Oregon. So I smoked a nice little doobie this morning too and it's totally legal here. So that's freaking awesome. That being said, that was like when I woke up at like eight this morning, but uh, it's like noon here right now and it's so foggy and so mystical outside. It's really, really cool. Um, And I wish that I could, you know, maybe I'll be able to take some pictures on Facebook. And if you happen to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I'll post a picture on Messy Mom Bun Monday. Well, that being said, this is actually going to be episode three of my four-part series and let me tell you it's been a really crazy ride um starting this podcast and actually getting it approved to go on iTunes and Spotify and things like that has been amazing and I know it seems like I mean because some people know it's not necessarily hard to get it done you know but it does cost some money and maybe to some it's not a lot but to others you know an extra $20 out of my bank account every month to get most of this up and going. And that's, that's like the bare minimum. I could spend more money on getting my podcast all over other sites too, but you know, um, I'm just kind of taking baby steps for once in my life. And let me tell you, it's been paying off. So for all you moms out there who are working hard and you know, every day you're accomplishing little things, even if it means you being able to take a shower or, you know, you got all the kids up on time today, you know, those are big, big, big feats. So give yourself a pat on the back for making it through this awesome Monday afternoon. You know what? You're all rock stars and I love the fact that you tune in and listen to me. And I hope that, you know, this content with the next episode, it's all about birth. I tell you what, this may be a TMI episode. I don't even know. So you're just going to have to strap in and, and hold on because we're about to go for an awesome, crazy, magical ride. <laughs> so, you know, the way that it all began was I actually wound up at my house getting a phone call because originally Alexander was supposed to, I mean, we had this ultrasound before and as you heard in the last episode, you know, we discovered he didn't have ecogenetic bowel. He was extremely healthy um, as far as, you know, his lengths and weight and head circumference or whatever it is. And uh, I tell you what, they told us that we were going to have a linebacker. (laughs) So um, I was going to get induced at 39 weeks. 
And um, I didn't realize, because, like, it seems like um, the stories that I've heard that it's like, oh, well, I was told that I was going to get induced at this day and this time or around this time, and I went in and got it done, you know? Seemed pretty easy-peasy. I was almost less scared because it was like we were going to decide when he was going to come, and it wasn't just going to be like, well, hope. You know, he's going to come when he's going to come. I hope you're not sitting in the car and get the car all wet. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, just felt a little less scary, honestly. So I felt like I had a teensy weensy bit of control, which by the way, um, n- no, you don't, by the way, because I didn't realize that, you know, you could be signed up for your induction and they, you have to like wait on a waiting list. It depends on the hospital too. Like I was at Banner Gateway and um, I waited until it was like, it, I want to say it was like a day or two later when I finally got the call because they they give you times to, to call in because they usually say like call in the morning. Um, and when all the scheduled C-sections are out of the way and it's like slow, they call you in to be like, all right, well, we've got enough hands um, to... We've got enough beds and resources and blah, blah, blah. You know, let's go have a baby. So we finally got the call at 11 o'clock. I want to say it was like 11 p.m. for sure because it was super dark out. And, you know, my mom and Jaden were sleeping. And I told my mom, and Jaden's my little sister, by the way, uh, my mom that uh, she didn't need to come right away and I didn't want them to come right away. I wanted them to sleep and I would give them a call as soon as we had some word because I had been told also by a lot of other moms that when you get induced, it can last. I mean, the shortest, I think, one that I heard was from my friend Chloe and she popped out her baby in six hours, no drugs, because when she was ready to have him, it was like too late. Um, But again, I can't remember if she got induced or not I think she just had the baby naturally um either way uh I've heard stories where babies it only takes like six hours or four hours and so um I don't know I guess I just thought that my birth wasn't gonna be anything super long but I knew it was gonna be a few hours and I wanted to spend that time with Nick like getting excited that we were about to become parents well um we also had my aunt Allery come and she was the photographer, but we had also told her not to come for a few hours. And they both had said that, oh, well, we feel like it's going to go quickly. I don't think they both realized that they had said that at totally separate times. Um, but we were pretty clear that we didn't want anybody coming for like a while because I hadn't even been hooked up to the machine yet. And it was really, um, which, you know, this isn't even, I don't think something I've talked about with them. So it's kind of, Uh, hard for me to talk about right now because I know that they had the best of intentions and you know they were probably just worried and wanting to make sure that everything was okay with me because it was my first baby and I was getting induced and that can be somewhat scary it can lead to complications like you know you're and I didn't want to do the drugs and that's what everybody was really afraid of because they're like well you're going to get induced so you're going to go from zero to 60 like that like and to me, I was like, well, if it's going to go that fast, then I'd rather be in a bunch of pain for a few hours than, you know, slow my whole entire birthing process down by like six to 12 hours just because I got the drugs 
you know, so I was trying to, to have a quick labor was basically what I was trying to accomplish. And, um, it basically backfired on me. So, you know, my mom and Allery wind up showing up. I ha- I don't even have IVs in me yet. This is how quickly they got here, you know, and, um, I was a bit upset. I'm not going to lie, uh, because my husband didn't have anywhere to sleep and my husband, um, is a, he's a gentleman. He, he has a lot of manners. And so, you know, my aunt Allery offered him the chair to sleep in, but he wasn't going to take it. And they're not, they didn't offer to bring another chair in because, you know, the room needs to have a, have a specific amount of room for the nurses and doctors to work. If anything was to, you know, happen in the moment. So they can't have a bunch of extra shit in the fucking hospital room, you know? So we, um, So I asked Nick to come cuddle up with me because at this point, you know, it's been like two hours and they're asleep, you know, and that was what was upsetting. It's like, it's one thing if you're going to come and like be awake, but like I kept getting comments of like, oh, well, if I hear the friends theme song for another thing then I'm going to explode and it's like, I don't care. I actually got very, really upset because I was like. I don't want everyone here, but everybody showed up and this was probably like 12 hours in and I'm just like, look, I don't know when this is going to happen. I mean, I love them to death and they were like that when I would get like that, they just leave the room for a little bit. And I'm just like, that's not what I meant. I just want to be left alone at this point. Like, I just want to be with my husband. I want Nick to be able to sleep. And, you know, Allery actually wound up making sure that Nick um, napped. She, like, pulled out when my... Because I told my mom to go home. I told her to go home. She needed to get Jaden arranged anyway because Jaden had been there for a long time. She's 10. She doesn't need to be doing that. So my mom agreed. She had called up her friends who have uh, kids about her age and, and they are so sweet and nice that they picked her up. And, you know, my friend Kendra picked, brought her back to the hospital. I mean, everybody really worked together to, um, make things work because my labor was 72 hours. I was in that hospital for three days. And I tell you what, you did hear that right. 72 hours. And that was all natural. Now, as far as pushing her, him out of my hoo-ha. Yeah. But I wound up, um, getting the drugs. I did 36 hours in, you know, because at this point, um, Allery had set up the bed for Nick because I had had, uh, I want to say it was four, of the, it was either two or four. I want to say it was four though, of the little white pills that they give you. It's supposed to induce labor and like help you, um, help your body like move a little bit faster, I guess. And, um, then when that didn't work because it was over, it was almost 24 hours because you take them like, I think every like six hours. So I took the one and then I took another one and they, you know, they checked me in between each one. And of course, by the 12 hour mark, I had a different nurse. I had my doctor, Dr. Nieves was no longer, you know, on the floor. She obviously had to go sleep at some point. You know, she is a human being. And, um, uh, my, everything had changed. Um, people who I didn't know were all of a sudden coming in my room and they were checking my stuff. And I mean, it was really hard because I was sleep deprived because I couldn't sleep. Oh, my contractions were my contractions were rough. I mean, I'm telling you those contractions were so much worse than the actual birth. (laughs) Like I 
the contractions were like the worst part of the entire thing. So women out there, you guys, the birth is like the least of your worries that you're so by the time it's time to push and that baby's head is out of your vagina. You are just excited to push the rest of that motherfucker out of there because I tell because you've probably been in agony for hours and that's why you don't remember how much it hurt when you push the baby out because you were just so fucking head over heels that you even got it out of your body finally um, six seven or for me 72 hours later you know so (laughs) people say that you forget about the pain and you know what's funny I have no idea I couldn't tell you like exactly how much pain I was in, but I tell you what I wasn't. Oh, I mean, holy shit. I had never felt a pain like that before um, for that long because with contractions, a lot of times it's just a dull pain at first. Like, you know, it's kind of like, Ooh, holy cow. Like, okay, okay. That was a little weird. Like that kind of felt like a period cramp almost whenever they first start. Right. Well, because I had gotten induced and here's the thing. Thank God that my mom and Allery were there because this shit that happened next will blow your fucking mind. Okay. So take a sip of whatever you're drinking or take a hit of whatever you're smoking and strap on your big boy pants. Cause this is about to blow you out of your seat. So my cousin, and I'm not going to say her name because I haven't asked her permission if um, I can even share her story. But long story short, because I will eventually, hopefully, get to interview her and she can tell you the whole story. She had a C-section when she was, I believe, 16 years old. And the doctor who had performed her C-section had messed something up. And honestly, like long story short, she wound up in a coma for a very long time. And it was extremely scary for the entire family. We almost lost her. She almost died. It was very, it was very serious. And, um, so someday, hopefully I can get her to come on here and talk about that really, I mean, scary time, but who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if, if that was my story, if I would necessarily want to share it, but who knows? Anyway, my mom had recognized this doctor's name and this was a guy doctor. Okay. And I'm not going to say his name for legal reasons. Um, but he had walked in and he had this giant hook in his hand. It was seven o'clock in the morning and he flicks the light switch on. All of us are sleeping. Like we had finally all just gotten asleep because I had, um, because I had like my contractions had kind of subsided. So this was like an hour that I was like, oh sweet. This is, this is great. I finally get my hour of sleep. And um, he flicks on the lights and has this hook in his hand. And it's like a silicone hook, I think. It's not like a metal hook. It's not like something out of, you know, hostile, (laughs) you know. So, but my 10-year-old sister, like, popped right up because, you know, she's a kid. As soon as the light turns on, she's like, what's going on? So she pops up. She sees this hook. My husband is still on my bed, mind you. And this guy goes, all right, well, I'm going to pop that water and we're going to have a baby right now. Like, we're going to have a baby today. And we're all like, what? And he put on a glove, didn't even lube up his glove or anything, put on a glove and opened my legs while my husband was still on the bed. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's your, I'm like, what's your name? And he said, I'm Dr. So-and-so and then popped my bag. Didn't even ask me if that was okay. Didn't introduce himself. Didn't introduce his nurse. Didn't even lube up his fucking hand, like or the or the instrument. Just shoved that shit up there and 
broke my water. And so my husband's on the bed. His pants literally got wet because there was water. Or, I mean, there was fluid everywhere. So um, it was it was so, I mean, it was weird. It, I mean, this was tw- at least 24 hours in, at least. And that's why I was able to get a tiny bit of sleep until he turned on the light. And my sister watched the whole thing because he did it so quickly and didn't give me a chance to let my little sister get out of the room. You know, my mom covered her eyes because she realized my mom realized who this doctor was and covered her eyes. And my mom kicked that guy out of the room. I mean, so fucking fast with so much like mama bear in her, which honestly, like my mom is not someone who likes confrontation. Like she's not going to go out of her way to start shit. And so not with other people, you know? Um, so when she, she had this look on her face, she whispered to Allery after the hook had popped and she had kicked him out. She whispered to her and Allery's face like went completely pale. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what the fuck is happening right now? And Jaden is out in the waiting room, um, with my, with my friend Kendra. Cause Kendra had been waiting too. that. My best friend, she had been sitting, waiting for me to have this baby pretty much the whole time. I mean, she'd take like three hour shifts on and off and, um, she works in the medical field anyway, so she, I guess, is used to those crazy shifts. And um, so she's watching Jaden, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, what's going on? She goes, I think that's the guy who botched your cousin's C-section. And I was like, what? I was freaking out. I was like, you can't just say shit like that, because that was like my worst fear. That is why I didn't want a C-section. I was terrified of a C-section. Um, and they were trying to tell me after that 12 hours, like, oh, you know, maybe we should call the doctor and you know, see if, uh, it'd be better if we just gave you a C-section. You're not dilating at all. Cause I was dilated at a one still. I hadn't even moved after the whole 12 hours. I'm still at a one. So they were like, all right, well maybe we just need to have a C-section cause the baby's too big. And, um, I said, no, I was like, hell no, I am not doing that. I was ter. I mean, I was terrified. I was like, you're going to have to put me out because I, I'll have a full on panic attack if I know that you're cutting me open while I'm wide awake. So, um, to all you women who have C-sections, like I commend you girl, because I could never do that shit. That shit sounds scary as hell to me. And I don't mean to scare anybody. I've just had surgeries when I was younger and I, I already have a bikini scar as big as a C-section scar and maybe even bigger. Um, so I didn't really care about the scar part. It was just, I, I have had surgery before and to think that I would be awake during one just terrified me to my bones. So, you know, my, do- um, this guy, he had came back in cause my mom had called Jason, mind you, it's like 7am. So she's like calling people way early in the morning, trying to, trying to find out if this guy is the real guy. Well, we got a hold of Jason. He said, yes, got a hold of my cousin, Erica, who had the same problem with him and now can no longer have children. Um, she said same guy. And then Jasmine finally called us back cause that's who we were really, you know, cause she would know if anything. And, and I mean, Jason would too, but, um, just hearing it out of her mouth that like, no, don't let him touch you. Like that's the guy. Um, and sure enough, like he came back in, he was like, here's the deal. I'm the doctor. And my only job is to get that baby out safely and quickly and there's not going to be any more powwows. You're going to do what I say. And that's the way it's going to be. And my mom and Allery like stood up because Allery is not some like, neither is my mom. They're not like these little twig bitches. You know what I mean? Like these are 
like Allery looks like she'd fucking stomp your face into the ground and have no problem about it when she is in her mama bear mode. She is the sweetest, you know, she's a very sweet person when she is, you know, in your corner and stuff. But if you fucking piss her off to the point where it has anything to do with her children, which I might as well be one of them. You know, she, she definitely considers me very close to her and that's why she was in the room with us. And my mom is the same way when it comes to her kids, she's a fucking, she'll, she'll get in your face about it. And, um, they were like, you need to get out of this room because you're not going to touch her. And I, we know rights, we all have patient rights and she right now is your patient. And right now she's saying no, and you cannot touch her until she is comfortable with it. So you need to get out of the room. Well, then the nurse tries to be like, oh, well, I've delivered thousands of babies with this guy and I've worked years with this man. And we're like, okay, first of all, not talking to you. Second of all, don't care. They're like, I don't care how many babies you have delivered. I don't want you in the room. And so he leaves, right? And the nurse comes back in with an attitude and is like, well, he's the only on-call doctor, so you're just going to have to deal with it. And I sat up and I was like, no, I don't. I will rip the IV out of my arm right now because I didn't have an epidural yet. I wasn't stuck yet. I, I just had IV. I was doing everything naturally. I'm like almost 30 hours in at this point, you know? And sure enough, you know, she's, I'm just like, I'll fucking leave. I will go to another hospital. You can't force me to stay here. You can't. So, uh, that being said, she went and grabbed the office manager because we're like, he is not touching me. And so they grab the, the office manager, the wing manager of that department or whatever. And we tell her because we didn't tell the nurse and we didn't tell the doctor what we knew. We weren't going to do that because we didn't want them to not get an office manager involved because they knew what we were going to say. Right. So mind you, we've been on an emotional roller coaster since fucking day one of this pregnancy, you know, just to find out that we have the ecogenetic bowel syndrome and then we don't have it at like 36 weeks. And then I'm having a linebacker who's perfectly healthy and I need to be induced a week early. Like it's been a roller coaster and we are two days, almost two days into, um, this labor, you know, we're 30 hours in at this point. So none of us are having this shit. We're all irritable. None of us have slept. Jaden is at this point at, you know, the friend's house with Kendra and she's watching Jaden to make sure that everything is peaches and cream. So we're all very on edge to say the least. And this office manager comes in and mind you, she was so sweet. She was a real nice, nice lady. And she made everything much better. Um, she, I told her the entire story. My mom popped in when she needed to, but she didn't talk much. She just kind of let me take the reins because she knew how passionate I was about it. Cause I was, I mean, that was an extremely scary time for me. Cause at that point, Jasmine and I had been extremely close. I mean, now we have families and we live in totally different States and things like that. But at that time it was, extremely heart wrenching to think that I might lose Jasmine. And, um, so when we told the manager what had happened, she actually looked into it and yes, it was the same guy. It was the same exact guy. And, um, she made sure that he was removed from my case because, you know, it's a case by case thing. So, um, he was no longer allowed in my room or anywhere near me. And, uh, that nurse like profusely apologized like over and over and over. And, you know, we were fine with it, but now at this point, right, we've got, we've got, uh, a new doctor, but I haven't actually met her yet, but her name was Dr. McClare, 
Dr. McClary, I think was her name, something like that. And um, she, or McKeenan, something, either way, she was amazing. But I didn't see her quite yet, right? So this is, so they pop my water and my contractions are getting serious, like holy shit, I feel, I can't breathe because it's taking the breath out of me, you know, and you mothers know out there, the ones especially who've gone all natural, no drugs, I mean, at this point, you're like, holy fuck, am I gonna die? Like, that's how it feels at first, but, you know, you have a team around you that's like, you know, you just need to breathe, you need to try not to hold your breath, and you need to breathe out, you know, you have, this is why it's so important to have a support system, because yes, at this point, was my room crowded? Yeah, but, but at this point, with everything now, I'm, I'm so grateful, and at that point, was very grateful that they were all there, because who knows what that man could have done to my body, or to my baby, and I probably would have wound up having a c-section, and who knows, I could have passed out, or seized, or whatever, from pure panic and fear you know you never know anything bad or anything in general could have happened so I was really thankful at this point everybody was was really trying at this point my um bonus mom Sarah and my dad Eric were now there and Kendra was there because uh Jaden was doing fine she had came back she was just kind of hanging out in the in the room and and everybody was around me they all were touching my legs my arms my hair was being rubbed my uh Nick had this little rolly ball that he'd rub on my arms while I was going through a contraction to distract me and and they were all really solid they were really nice and getting me through it and Sure enough, you know, 36 hours later, because I'm, I mean, I let these contractions go on for a long time because they started feeling like that probably 12 hours prior. You know, um, it was, uh, I mean, they weren't feeling like that, but they were starting to get up there, you know, so I was starting to have to like really be like, like really focus on my breath, you know, and once, once I got to that point where I'm like, holy fuck, I don't know if I can do this 36 hours in. I, I didn't even know what day it was at that point. I had no idea. Nobody did. I don't think because, uh, we're just exhausted. And so I was like, okay, I started crying and I was like, okay, I need the drugs. I do, you know, I need, I need the whatever it is, the epidural. And, um, I started crying and they're like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I'm a bad mom. I'm putting all these drugs into my body and blah, 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 you know? And because, you know, you hear the stigma and people are so rude sometimes about their opinions. So moms out there who have very strong opinions against the drugs, don't be that asshole. Okay. You know what? You want to give them a couple of articles and a few things to read up on and do their research on. Sure. But don't make people feel bad. Like they're a bad parent that they're pumping their kid full of drugs because that scares the shit out of parents. And you shouldn't have to feel tortured during your birthing experience. You should feel good and safe during your birthing experience. And I'm very thankful that my nurse team, nurse Lauren at this point, um, had, kind of swapped in and this and that same nurse you know there was two of them at this point because they were about to shift change and um they were like listen you can like you are at a tight three because they were all excited at first they're like "Ooh, maybe it's time for the baby you know maybe it's time because I felt like these were hard I thought I was gonna shit myself like it was oh my god and um sure enough they were like oh sweetheart you're at a tight three and this is 36 hours in I'm only at three 
ish centimeters and um so that's when I gave in I was like I can't do this I like I and I I need to get this baby out of me so sure enough we finally you know and I had signed the paperwork beforehand I told him I didn't want to hear it but they were like no why don't you just sign it if you wind up not getting it it's one thing but if you need it it's going to be awfully hard for you to concentrate let's put it that way and I so I'm glad that I signed it before I was in that level of pain so the guy comes in and He's like, wow, you you stuck it out for 36 hours because at this point he had had his shift because I was towards the end of his shift, gone home, rested, and then came back for another shift, you know? So at this point he's like, holy crap, you know, that that's crazy. That's, that's pretty crazy how you made it that long. And he wound up having to poke me three times um, because he couldn't poke me properly. And I don't know if you guys know, but the epidural for me was not scary, not even a little bit. I want to ease some of you moms out there. First of all, you do not see the needle. You don't see the needle. You don't feel the needle going in. The only needle that you feel is this tiny little prick. And that's because it's a little prick thing that's got um, this numbing stuff in it and you hardly feel it and especially when you're when you're in the middle of those contractions they do it during a contraction and it's it's it's, you're in pain in a lot of other places that you don't even feel it okay you don't feel the needle going in the the only thing that you feel is when they push in some of the fluid and you either feel it like a little pinch on your right or left side or you feel a swoosh and and that's hard to uh describe that's the only way that I could describe that feeling is it literally feels like a swoosh because you can almost hear the bubbles you know and and after that all my pain was gone I mean completely gone I was having these massive contractions I took a two-hour nap and as soon as they got that epidural in me and I was able to relax I went from three ish centimeters to six and a half centimeters like that's exactly what I needed my body just needed to uh excuse me my body just needed to relax and that's what they try to tell you on youtube channels too is that you need to relax while you're trying to give birth because if you tense up it's going to slow the process down so parts of me wish that i would have gotten the epidural right away like maybe it would have um maybe it would have helped maybe it wouldn't have been so long um but i was under the uh, like the the total opposite impression that if i got the epidural it would make it way way longer than normal so um you know if i have another baby which i don't think we will have another baby cuz we had a boy and we're happy with our little boy and he's going to carry on our name and that's really all that matters um we just suffered a lot of trauma through our entire pregnancy and our labor process. And, and, um, so I don't know if we'll have another one to actually see if it was better, if I would have just gotten one from the beginning, (laughs) you know? So then after I'm in there, I get a nice two hour nap. You know, my mom and Jaden had gone home for a little bit because I was, you know, I was out. They're like, oh, she's not going to be died. I mean, we're going to start Pitocin and, um, you know, hopefully that'll speed things up. But man, she's been, she, we haven't even been able to practice push yet. So you got some time, you know, so Allery's laying in the chair. She was there the longest. She definitely sat in that chair. Poor thing. Her neck was probably fried by the end of everything. Um, and she had made a bed for Nick and Nick went to bed while I was sleeping and friends was playing. And, um, you know, before I knew it, you know, I was awake and everybody was in my room and it was kind of crazy, but you know, there came a point where everybody was sleeping in my room because 
I have people who really love and care about me and their intentions were never to feel like, you know, to make me feel like I was being bombarded or that they weren't respecting my boundaries and stuff. That wasn't it at all. I think they were genuinely just worried and wanted to make sure that they were there because of everything else that had happened in my pregnancy. And then that one doctor guy came, I mean, like, what are the chances that I'd get the same doctor that botched my cousin's surgery and almost killed her? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, there's so many, there is no rhyme or reason, but I'm real thankful that they wound up being there for as long as they did. And I'm very grateful for all the support that I had around me. Um, you know, and at this point we're probably going on to 40 hours. Okay. So nurse Lauren is now completely taken over. Um, and I'm introduced to the doctor because I am now seven centimeters. You know, I'm starting, I'm at that point where I can start practice pushing. I don't know if you ladies know what practice pushing is, but I'm sure for all of you who have uh, babies and did the natural thing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It means bearing down. They're teaching how they're teaching you and showing you how to properly push so that you don't hurt yourself because here's the deal you need to push like you're taking the biggest shit of your life or you are going to hurt yourself you could literally rip your abdominal wall it's pretty I mean you need to be careful and again that is why I do recommend that you watch YouTube videos and go on Google but not about like oh what could go wrong more like how to prevent um you know, an abdomen tear or how to deliver, um, in an easier way, or, you know, just look up positive ways to make your delivery process easier. Don't bother yourself with looking at everything that could possibly go wrong because at that point you're pregnant. You have no control over what's happening. Your body is just doing what it was born to do and made to do. And, and you just have to let it take its course. And once it's the day, once it's go time, it's go time and you have no control, but to push. So sit down with your partner, watch the YouTube videos, figure out your happy place, figure out what you're going to be thinking when you're pushing and things like that because that kind of thing is going to really help you get through this this time because it could be like me where you're three days in and you're you pushed for four hours and then the baby finally came you know or you could be quick and it could happen in like three or four or you know six hours it you don't know every woman's body is different so all the advice that you hear just throw it out the fucking window because you could be a to you will be totally different than anybody else but it's not bad to listen to other experiences when it comes to their advice on how to concentrate when you're pushing because that and how to uh, conserve energy too because you need all that energy mind you I was in labor for three days I didn't get to eat I didn't get to drink I was ex I had done practice pushes for um I don't know probably at least two or three hours and then they made me stop my Pitocin because the doctor had to be rushed to another hospital to do an emergency c-section so my Pitocin has now stopped my epidural is still in but I can still feel my legs so it's not like my epidural's doing a whole lot which I was okay with I just needed it to take the to take the edge off, you know, and I, and to all of you women out there who think when you get the epidural, it's going to take all your pain away. You are living in a dreamland because that is not how it works. They put in that epidural. It's not a, it's not a, like when you get a C-section, you know, they really numb you up. I'm hoping anyway, I wouldn't know, but I'm hoping that's what they would do. This is more like, you know, they give you doses 
and it takes the edge off. So it's not like you're in so much pain that you can't breathe. It's like, okay, this is like how it felt when I first started feeling the contractions. That's kind of how it felt. And you know, and that's why you can sleep almost right away after you get one because you've been in so much dull pain for so long. And then all of a sudden the pain is so unbearable that you, you can't, you can't handle it anymore. As soon as that relief and that edge gets taken off it, I mean, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so happy I can relax. So if you can take a nap, do you need to, because you need to save up your strength for when you need to push because you could be like me and have to push for four hours. I practice pushed for two hours. They stopped my Pitocin for probably about 10 hours. Um, and then they started my Pitocin again. So now we're about 40 hours in. I want to say just about 40 hours in. Because they stopped the... I can't remember exactly how long they stopped the Pitocin the first time. But it was, it was hours. It was a long time. But the second time that they stopped my Pitocin... And yes, you heard that right. Two times they stopped my Pitocin. And at this point, Nurse Lauren was pissed. Because now, um, Alexander had been in my birth canal for 18 hours. He was I mean they had a heart monitor on me the whole time and they usually do to make sure that the baby's heartbeat is good but they they were watching him extra close because he was in there there was no going back unless they pushed him all the way back through and then cut me open and that was just not an option for me and uh, they told me as long as his heart rate didn't drop and that my heart rate didn't race or drop we would be okay well at this point I'm starting to get into some danger um, my water had been broken for three days. Um, so we're going into like, we're going into like day two and a half and my Pitocin has now been stopped once and nurse Lauren is trying to figure out where the fuck this doctor is because she needs to start my Pitocin again, you know? So they start my Pitocin mm, probably about 50 hours in. Cause like I said, I want to say it was for like half, like half a day. Most of the day I, I didn't have Pitocin. I was just clicking my little epidural button and watching my friends. And so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I was just kind of chilling, just patiently waiting for my son to make his arrival. And, um, at this point, um, I had gotten to, I was, I was 60 hours in and I believe I was at eight and a half centimeters because now my progression had really slowed. So now they've started my Pitocin again and I started, um, practice pushing. So, but I practice pushed for, oh my God, Oh my God. I mean, I practice pushed for hours, hours. I practice pushed and I would have like 30 minute breaks, but, um, they were trying to get him to get down and get all the way down where he needed to be so that they could call the doctor in. Well, my Pitocin is going, my epidural is about ran out because your epidural only goes for so long. And at this point, um, I'm about to run out of medicine and the scary part for me was I started feeling the self-doubt of I can't do this. I'm not going to make it through this because I was going insane. I hadn't eaten. I hadn't drinking. I was exhausted. I had no, I didn't want a C-section and I didn't know if I was going to be able to push him out. So at this point I was pretty much ready to give up. And, um, you know, so they're helping me with some IV drugs. Um, another another like six hours goes by, right? And I've had a bit of a break in between practice pushes and Lauren is like 
dude, this girl is wiping sweat from her brow. Like not, not in a non-sanitary way, but she is wiping sweat off her forehead because she stretched me. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but you know, she took her fingers and she literally stretched me and like was touching his head and like trying to mold his head and things like that. I don't think she could really mold it at that point, but she was stretching me and could tell me she could touch it. And so that's, that's an exciting thing. Like that's a good thing. He's right there, you know? So, so the practice pushing at this point was getting real. And she was like, you need, these are real pushes. Okay. It's go time. Like you can't have any more medicine. Cause my medicine at this point ran out. They had just given me the last round of IV drugs. Um, and, uh, my, my oxygen was dipping. That was the problem. They had to start putting an oxygen mask around me at about, I want to say, at like 70 hours, I was pushing at this point for two hours and they're like, Oh, you know, I can feel the head. And like I said, she is stretching me, stretching me, stretch me. She had been stretching me since I started my practice pushes like 10 hours ago. This girl was a fucking rock star. She, I mean, I wish I knew her last name. I will figure it out because I can look it in my chart. But this girl was my freaking savior. She made sure that my body was being taken care of while I was trying to attempt to push this out, which was really, really awesome. Um, And, you know, she, I had to like, I had to, oh man, this was probably the worst part is when they were like adjusting me, like they would make me lay on my side to try to get him to wiggle one way. And then I'd have to get pushed back on my back and, And then I'd lean on the other side and oh my gosh, it was so, because you know, you have to turn and roll because you have that epidural in And if you don't, then it's only going to be good on one side because of how your blood flows, I guess, or something. Don't quote me on that. That could be totally not why they do it. But from what Lauren said, it was to help with the epidural to make sure that it didn't um, get all bunched up or something like that. So, you know, at this point I've been pushing for two hours, my oxygen's starting to dip, my heart rate is starting to raise and the doctor is still nowhere to be found. She is like, where the hell is this doctor? Cause they were going to cut me, um, from side to side. So the doctor takes like another like hour and 45 minutes to actually get into the room. Right. And Lauren at this point is angry. Like she like got up gosh like like gloves on asked Nick to open the door she goes go get the door I said okay so she well I didn't say it but Nick said okay and I'm over here like trying to get through my contractions feeling like I have to push and my mom's right there um Allery is right there and my uh Kendra is waiting in the waiting room with Jaden and um Oh my gosh, it was crazy. It was crazy. She's like, where is Dr. I want to say McClellan, McKeenan. And she's finally getting in. She's suiting up. Other nurses are popping in, you know, because now they're, they've wheeled in the, um, the little baby thing where they have all the fancy stuff to, to take the baby right out of mommy's body and, and put them in their little thing so they can clean them all up and stuff. So, um, Oh my gosh, it was really, really crazy because all of a sudden I see the doctor and I'm like, oh yes, I'm seeing the doctor. And she's like, all right, let's get this beautiful baby out. And I'm pushing, right? And she is molding his head because he is right there, you know? So uh, this is 72 hours in almost. It's like a 72, 71 and a half hours, whatever, if you want to get technical. And she is like molding his head and she's, you know, kind of pulling him. She's, she's telling me to push. And at this point, um, I'm, I'm giving up. 
like I'm not gonna lie I, I I was done I was like I can't do this I started hyperventilating I started panicking um, because I had been pushing for four hours I I was out of energy I didn't know how I could I could push another push I was I mean just imagine that even if you weren't in labor for 72 hours having to do hard labor like pushing for four is I, I don't even know how I did it. I'll be honest. I have no idea how I did it. I was like praying to God at this point that to just get me through it, praying to Rosalind, his grandmother who passed away, you know, before she could ever meet him and, and hoping and praying that I was going to make it through this. And sure enough, she goes to cut me. So she gets the lidocaine and she hits me up on one side and I had to be super still and I have a very high pain tolerance. So I was, and at this point I was in so much pain. I just, I would, I, if she told me to sit still, I'd sit still as long as it meant getting him out. So she shot up one side, she shot up the other side and went right when she went to cut me. And she says that I, all of a sudden my body just needed that little extra amount to relax. Um, and all of a sudden I was like, no, wait, I have to push. And she said, okay, okay, here he comes. And sure enough, I pushed him and I took a whole minute and 30 seconds right after she had hit me up with the lidocaine. Um, his head had popped out and ladies, you do feel the head pop out, but it's not scary. It's exciting because now you have a baby. All of a sudden you feel like a fucking superhuman. I am shitting you not like... I just got a rush of energy because as soon as his head popped out, I felt it and it wasn't painful at all. It was relieving. And then, um, she said soft pushes, soft pushes. Cause she had to unwrap the umbilical cord from his neck and, and things like that. And sure enough, you know, she had me do one final push. You know, she asked me if I wanted to reach for him, which means like touch his head and like reach for him to pull him up to me. And I said, no, I was like, mm, no, like just trying to get out and and sure enough, I pushed him one more time and Nurse Lauren jumped up on my bed and was like, you need to push like you're pushing him over that freaking TV. And sure enough, I did. And he popped out and I felt an instant amount of relief. I mean, oh my God, I felt like I had lost like 50 pounds and I got, I was holding my sweet boy. And like I had told you, I was exhausted. So I didn't have that aha moment of like, oh my God, my baby, I never want to let him go. It was more like, oh my God, I'm so fucking tired and I'm starving. I need a cheeseburger. Please take the baby from me. Kind of, kind of feeling, but it was beautiful getting to see him and my husband tearing up and telling me that I did a beautiful job and that he's here. And, you know, he was so excited and and, uh, you know, that's where I'm going to end the podcast because, uh, my last episode, Nick is actually going to join us. He's going to tell us kind of what it was like after he came out because he spent the most time with Alexander, um, and with the tests and things like that, because I had wound up with an infection. My heart rate, um, was so high and, um, obviously the drugs had completely worn off. I felt every inch of that boy come out of my body and sure enough, I didn't rip. I did not rip. And that's because of nurse Lauren. She stretched me for hours, you guys. And now, oh man, my vagina appreciates it because now I don't have a, well, I mean, um, he, Alexander did tear a part of my anatomy when he came out and I'm actually getting surgery to finally fix it because it wasn't like a skin tag or anything like that. It was, um, I, I don't even know something inside of my body came down to where it shouldn't have let's put it that way and um so I didn't rip from like asshole to, to vagina at all um and 
I will be so excited to hear Nick's kind of side of everything because he's going to talk about the whole process. It's going to be a pretty lengthy episode, so you'll have to strap in for probably about an hour. Um, This one has been my longest one. Normally, they're about 26 minutes long as far as the episodes go um, for this series, but that's because um, I I don't want to dwell on kind of the negative parts of it because you can't when bad things go wrong during your pregnancy or your birthing process you have to stay calm and you have to move past the negative because if you don't it's going to eat you alive honestly it will and it will cause a lot of unnecessary stress and just and and you just don't need that and you don't want that so so to all my mommies who had very difficult births um trust me girl I feel you and I commend you and I'm proud of you for getting through that and for all you mommies who had those easy births or shorter births I should say you know I'm so thankful that you didn't have to go through what we did so um that being said thank you all so much for tuning into a messy mom bun Monday I would love to hear all of your stories so make sure that you visit my Facebook page my Instagram um I'm on Spotify and iTunes go ahead and subscribe 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 because that is how you know I can keep making these episodes. So thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you to everybody who's helped me. And I hope that all of you mommies, especially you mommies for listening. And um, I hope that you all have a fabulous day and a wonderful Monday. See you next time.